Good morning. Uh, let's open in a word of prayer. Lord, we we're looking forward to your return, looking forward to the day when you will uh, come to the earth and rapture us to, uh, to you in the air, to uh, meet you in glory, to spend eternity in, uh, in heaven, worshiping you and praising you. Lord, we want to use this hour to uh, glorify your name and uh, just learn more about you and how we can be uh, good servants waiting faithfully for your return. Jesus is coming soon. Are you watching? Are you ready? And are you faithful? We're going through Matthew 24, uh, and at the beginning of this chapter, the disciples ask Jesus a couple questions. They ask him about the end times, and in verse 3 of chapter 24, they ask him, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? You can put this uh, timeline photo up. Uh, I'll be in there in a minute. Uh, Jesus tells his disciples here about the, the signs of the times and the end of the age, the great tribulation, and of his own second coming. Today, uh, we're living at the end of the church age, where Jesus could come at any moment to rapture his church to meet, us, uh, to meet him in the air. And after the rapture, uh, those who are left behind will face a seven-year uh, great tribulation where God will unleash his righteous judgment against the wickedness of mankind. And it's going to be a time that nobody will want to face. Nobody will want to uh, be on the earth for that time. Uh, but... There is hope. In Revelation 7, verses 9 through 10, it tells us that there will be a great multitude of people who will be saved during this time uh, who uh, don't harden their hearts but actually uh, accept uh, God's free gift of salvation. It tells us in Revelation 7, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne of God and before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, "Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb." These people uh, that John sees in a vision in Revelation, uh, these are the people who will be saved during the Great Tribulation. And during uh, this passage that I'm focusing on today, uh, the Lord focuses his attention and he's uh, trying to give them a message of encouragement to be faithful until the end, until the second coming. In the previous passage that David talked about last week, Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44, Jesus tells us, uh, that nobody knows the day or the hour that he will be coming back. Uh, only the Father knows this. And with uh, keeping this in mind, he warns us, uh, telling us that his second coming will be just like the flood in the days of Noah. People were living their lives, eating, drinking, getting married, living life as if nothing was going to happen. 
And Noah was giving them years and years of warning, saying, there's destruction coming, repent. But they didn't. Jesus is telling these people during the Great Tribulation to watch and be ready because the same destruction could come upon them if they don't repent. Uh, Matthew 24, verses 42 through 44, continues with that same idea, and it says, Watch therefore, for you do not know uh, what hour your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So the Lord gives us this command, and he tells us to watch. He tells us to be ready. And now in the passage we'll discuss today, he tells us he wants us to be faithful when he comes. So open up your uh, Bibles. We'll be going into Matthew 24, verses 45 through 51. Matthew 24, 45 through 51. And we'll read about just who the faithful and wise servant and the evil servant are. Verse 45 starts, Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household, to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you, he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying, and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking and, uh, for him and at an hour he is not aware of, and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a scary passage for the unbeliever, but it's a very hopeful and happy passage for the believer. Our passage opens up with the faithful and wise servant. Who are these faithful and wise servants that Jesus is talking about? Well, in the context, Jesus is speaking to the Jews. He's in Israel giving this message, talking to his disciples, but he's talking about the future, the great uh, tribulation. And specifically in the context, he's talking about the nation of Israel, um, about the faithful servants who are in Israel who will be saved uh, during the tribulation. And there will be others besides Israel who are saved, but he's focusing on this in this context. They've placed their faith in Christ's finished work on the cross that, and they're believing that he, uh, they're accepting the free gift of salvation that he died on the cross, was buried, and rose again on the third day, paying the penalty for their sins. And so while Jesus is gone, he puts these faithful servants in charge until he comes back. He puts them in charge of the house. And the responsibility that he gives these faithful servants is to remain faithful and be responsible to feed the other believers with the word of God while he's gone. And he's hoping that when he returns, they will still be faithful uh, at that time. Now, there's a couple of qualities that 
the Lord would be looking for in a good servant. During this time of the Great Tribulation, there is going to be extreme persecution, more than we've ever seen in our lives. It'll be like the stuff that we see in the Middle East or in other uh, countries where they actually experience real persecution. Of, um, it'll be like child's play compared to what will be seen in those days. Um, one can't even imagine how hard it would be to live during that time. Uh, severe persecution and opposition from the world, and you can expect to be killed for your faith without a question. Um, in America, we have a very uh, fortunate time where we can preach the word freely, but that won't be the case anymore for anybody. These faithful servants, uh, they know that the master is returning soon. And so what they do is they decide to remain faithful and wait for his return. And God promises them um, an encouragement. He says in verse 46, Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. God promises them a blessing if they are found faithful. We can show a photo. This is a interaction of a boss and a good employee. Say you go into work tomorrow and your boss says to you, hey, I've got this project for you. I'm going to be going on vacation for a couple weeks. I'm not sure when I'll be back. I could come at any time, but I want you to meet this deadline. And when I come back, please be ready to present it. Now, obviously, you want to keep your job. You want to make a good impression. So you're going to be faithful and you're going to work hard at this project your boss has given you so that when he comes back, you're not going to be caught off guard. You want to um, show him, hey, look what I've done. I've been faithful. And your boss will respond like this picture and, and praise you. Thank you for being ready like I asked you. Uh, you don't want to start the morning of that your boss is coming back and try to work on this project or you'll be in trouble. And the same concept is, is really true for the servants that are living in this, uh, the Great Tribulation. They're true believers, and they've been given this task to be faithful until uh, the Lord comes back. They're obedient, responsible, diligent in all their work, and they do the right thing when no one's looking. They're expecting the master to return at any time, so they prepare themselves by teaching the word to others and um, encouraging the other believers. So from verse 46, which we've just discussed, we learn that the faithful servant will be blessed. Uh, well, how will they be blessed? Well, it tells us in verse 47, uh, Jesus tells them, Assuredly, I say to you, which you can know is a, a promise from the Lord uh, God, so you know it will happen. Um, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. These people who are faithful will be rewarded beyond their wildest dreams. We can't even imagine the kind of rewards uh, that they will receive. If you're a good servant at your workplace, you might get a raise, you might get a promotion, you might uh, get a pat on the back. The Lord promises nothing that little. He promises great rewards um, to rule in the kingdom. And on top of that, these faithful servants get taken into the millennial kingdom. Um, 
They were entrusted with this very small task and were given an even greater responsibility as a reward. But unfortunately, not everybody, uh, when the master comes, will be found faithful. There is the evil servant in this parable. The Lord says in verse 48, he says, But if that evil servant says in his heart, My master is delaying uh, his coming. Here the evil servant thinks a thought of evil, and they really show their heart, their true colors. They're evil and sinful, disobedient, irresponsible, and unfaithful. They show by their thoughts that they're not looking forward to Jesus' return because they're not preparing their hearts for it. And we can see from a parallel passage that the unfaithful servant is an unbeliever because they say to themselves, Jesus is taking way too long. He's not coming back. There's no hurry. I don't need to repent. Nobody's even watching me. Second uh, Peter 3 uh, confirms this and it tells of people uh, that mock. It says, knowing this, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. The evil servants in this day will try to explain everything away. They'll ignore the signs and warnings around them and deny all the evidence that the Lord is uh, coming and that the Lord is God. If they didn't believe uh, when Christ came in, the, in person uh, 2,000 years ago to the earth and preached, why would they believe at the end? Uh, the answer is because they're not looking forward to Christ's return. And because of that, their evil thoughts of thinking, my, my master's not coming, he's delaying, he's taking too long, their evil thoughts turn into evil actions. And verse 49 tells us that this evil servant begins to beat his fellow servants and he eats and drinks with the drunkards. The evil servant is acting like the world and really he is the world. Um, he's making compromises, living life carelessly in sin. And they're really only interested in how can I make myself happy today? How can I please myself? How can I um, take care of me today? They don't think about the Lord. They don't think about the master. Um, and not only do they beat the good servants, but they live a life in sin and drunkenness. Um, so how does the master respond to this servant? Well, it says that in verse 50, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour he is not aware of. Uh, the master... Jesus promises something to the good servant and to the bad servant. The promise to the bad servant is that he's going to come at a time he's not suspecting it. The master is hoping that all the servants will be working diligently when he comes, but the evil servant will not. It'll be just like a bad employee. In the workplace example, when your boss tells you, I've got this project for you, I want you to have it done by, by next Monday, and you don't have it ready and don't even start until the morning of, 
and you're shuffling your paperwork around, you're going to get fired. You're going to be seen as an unfaithful, you're not an uh, unfaithful worker, you're not diligent, you didn't do your job. He asked you to do something and you ignored him completely. You were just living life carelessly, sleeping on the job. Um, you weren't ready for it. Uh, you, you would be like the person described in the parallel passage of uh, Luke 21, verse 34. Uh, it's a warning to people like this bad employee or like the bad servants in the Great Tribulation. It says, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare to all those uh, who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's the warning given to this wicked servant. And if they don't watch, if they're not faithful, we see in verse 51 that they're going to get a reward, but it's not a reward that anyone would hope for. Verse 51 says that when the master comes, he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, continuing on from the parallel passage of Luke in verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 46, uh, we see that this is an unbeliever. It says that the master will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. The evil servant knew what was expected of him. He knew his master wanted him to be prepared, to be ready, to be watchful, but he did nothing to prepare for it. He knew the consequence um, of judgment if he didn't, but still ignored all the warnings. The reward that the hypocrite, uh, the bad servant, receives is severe judgment. He's cast into hell. He's beaten with many stripes. And he's separated eternally from God and is not welcomed into the kingdom of God. So from all these verses, our interpretation is that um, the nation of Israel during the Great Tribulation, there's going to be faithful and there's going to be unfaithful servants. When Christ returns, he will judge the entire nation. Those who are, have been waiting eagerly, expecting the Lord's return, preparing themselves, will be given great rewards. And they will serve Christ and they will be taken into the Millennial Kingdom. And those who are unfaithful will be separated, they'll be judged and cast into hell where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, just as the Lord promises. And this is all despite the countless warnings and um, opportunities that the Lord has been merciful enough to give them to repent. He's given them so many chances to repent, but they still choose to harden their hearts and reject it. 
The Lord wants the entire nation of Israel and the world at this time to be watching for Christ's return. He wants them to prepare their hearts and to welcome him back. And he wants them to be faithful to him until the end. So that's the interpretation of how we see this passage. And if we could bring the timeline photo back up. Um, we, however, uh, how would we apply this to our lives? We're not living during the Great Tribulation. We are in the church age, at the end of it, really. And the Lord could return any time to rapture his church. Um, and he's hoping to find his church uh, serving the Lord faithfully every single day. And he's hoping that we'll be ready and watching for his return. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2, tells us how, uh, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. The Lord is expecting when he returns to find faithful stewards. And whether Christ is going to return this afternoon or in 20 years or 100 years or in a, the next generation, um, he's still hoping to find us faithfully working until the end. So his question for you this morning is, are you watching for his return? Are you ready? Are you faithfully waiting for it, um, for when he would come? And from this passage, we can gather two applications. There's the application we can get for the good servant and the application for the bad servant. The, the good servant was watching. He was ready and he was faithful. And the good servant desires um, that Christ would come back and he's looking forward to it. He's looking forward to the return. So uh, for the application to us, here's how we can prepare our hearts to remain faithful. You can be that good servant by getting involved and being faithful, remaining in the ministry at uh, the church. First Timothy 1 verse 12 says um, of Paul, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Another way you can be a good servant is you can teach others about the faith who could then teach others. It says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, and these things um, that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Another way you could be a good servant today is by using the God-given abilities and gifts that you've been provided with to help others. We see this also in 1 Peter 4, uh, 10. It says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And I want to encourage you with an example of what a good servant uh, actually looks like. Moses uh, it describes in Hebrews uh, verse, uh, chapter 3 and chapter 11, it says that Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant. And verse, uh, chapter uh, 11 of Hebrews, verse 24, it says uh, what he actually did that showed he was a faithful servant. It says, by faith, Moses, 
when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction um, with the people of God rather than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than, in, uh, than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Moses refused to give in to the sinful pleasures all around him, uh, and instead he chose to be faithful wherever God had called him in that moment, and he was looking forward ahead to the future uh, reward that the Lord promised him. Be like Moses. Be a faithful steward in all your house. All of us have been given an assignment uh, while the Lord is gone. He's given all of us spiritual gifts and resources, abilities, uh, financial uh, abilities, uh, relationships, jobs. We've all been put in a place where God wants us to serve and use what we've been given to the glory of God. And he wants you to be faithful until he comes. He promises that if you are faithful, you'll be given rewards beyond your wildest dreams to serve him even more. And as an encouragement to the good servants, I'll add this. In 1 Timothy uh, 6, verse 11 through 14, um, it says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also uh, called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing. So our application to the good servant, to all of you, is the Lord wants you to be a good servant. He wants you to be watching. He wants you to be ready. And he wants you to be faithful until he comes. Look forward to that great reward that is given to those who are found faithful. Now we also have an application to the evil servant. Uh, the evil servant was not found watching. He was not found ready, and he was not found faithful. He didn't care about the, the Lord. He didn't care about the word or his people. And in fact, he gets into fights with the, the good servants and lives a sinful life of pleasure and indulgence. And he's just like the people in the day of Noah, uh, that just the, before the floods came in, they were living life eating and drinking and getting married, not having a care in the world. Um, and then the floods came in and destroyed them, just as was predicted. Luke 21, as I read before in verse 34, says the clear warning to avoid being like that evil servant. I know I read it before, but it's, it's good to just emphasize the point. It says, take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. 
for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus is coming soon. He tells us over and over and over again in Scripture. He says, I'm coming soon. I'm almost there. I'm just around the corner. I'm at the door. And then he starts knocking. I'm here. But by then it'll be too late. Today the world is caught up in believing one of the most dangerous lies you could ever hear. It's that there is no hurry to repent. That there is no need to change. That the world will keep on going as it always has. Tomorrow won't be any different than it is today. Jesus is delaying. He's not coming back, is what they say. But that is the most dangerous lie they could ever believe. Because there is a hurry to repent. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it tells us, Behold, now is the day of salvation. Uh, to, yeah, now is the day of salvation. And for anyone who's listening to this message that has not accepted uh, Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, um, I'm telling you that he's knocking on the door of your heart today. And he's saying, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him. And he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant um, to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. To anyone who will listen, I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. Will you be ready? Will you be watching? And will you be found faithful? Let's pray. Lord, we, we want to be like that good servant, waiting, watching, ready, and found faithful when you come. Lord, help us to remain faithful in the ministry that you've given us today to use our gifts and abilities and resources to, uh, to glorify your name until you come. And if there's anybody that's, that hasn't um, accepted you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, we pray that today they would realize that today is the day of salvation, that tomorrow may be too late. Lord, we just pray that you would open their eyes to hear the words of the gospel this morning in your name. Amen.